hoo-ha, hoo-ha. Da who hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-
Christmas, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Ooh, yeah. Welcome. This is Research Ranker Pete. I am one of your co-hosts, Alyssa. This is co-host Hannah. And we are here with our final Christmas episode. And I know you're looking at your calendar and you're saying, hey, wait a minute. Christmas has passed. Four days passed. That is true. But... (laughs) God damn it, it's still the holiday season. We need some joy. We do. End the year. And so we wanted to finish off with a little more Christmas magic because what's more wholesome than Christmas movies? A lot of things. (laughs) But... Yes. So... This is going to be interesting, and this was actually really hard, because there are so many Christmas movies. We only felt like we could do five. For the scope of what we needed to do, we have found five movies as a pretty good median to do an episode on. We tried to pick a movie from a different decade. Well, kind of that, and also when we were like, coming up with the list we kind of tried to do different like genres of christmas movies yes like we wanted some animated we wanted some like more humor and then we wanted like a new one and then a musical one yes so it made it very hard to rank because they are very i didn't even rank oh (laughs) um i didn't finish do you want to discuss and then take like a break no just just keep talking okay just let me do it quick I just realized I okay. You're like ranking. I know. We kind of wanted to do a little bit of a variety. Uh, it did make it difficult to rank because all of the movies are very different, and I think it's hard to compare some of them because of the different, like the nature of each movie. But yeah, so we basically picked five random Christmas movies. Uh, we will go through and discuss them. Having said that, though, this is our final Christmas episode because our next episode will be beginning of January, so we'll be into a new year. We'll talk more about that at the end. We will. Sorry I was writing while you were talking. I don't know if you discussed this, but we are planning to make this a running list. Mm -hmm. So every Christmas, contingent on how long we do this for, we are planning to add more movies and we will enter them into a full ranking. So... We'll have five movies this year. We'll probably have five movies next year. And then there will be like a joint ranking on all of our Christmas movies. We joked a couple weeks ago. Alyssa accidentally said we had a a website. Yes. That might have been the um, soap in the shower. Oh. Really? Yeah, it falls. Ew. That was loud. Go check. Okay. Yeah, maybe go check on that. (laughs) Make sure somebody doesn't need life alert. Anyways, so we were kind of joking about making a website. It was kind of like a running gag. Yes. (laughs) But I am currently getting a degree in web development, and I thought it might be useful to practice making a website. Yeah. So we might actually make a website. Yeah. Hannah, uh, you should say Hannah. Yes. We'll probably make a website. Well, Alyssa can contribute. I can contribute. So if we did that, we would probably keep that running list, like, on there. Yes. So that it's, like, easier to see. Yeah, we would have, like... Uh, posts with our like lists right. our ranking lists and we're like especially for things like Pixar because there's going to be two new movies coming out next year and 
eventually Fast and the Furious, whenever that happens, Ooh. we'll be able to update our lists when those things come out. But yeah, so um, let's get into holiday discussion. All right, so let's start with one of yours since you have more. The first one I've written down is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, if you'd okay. like to do that first. We can start with that. Okay. Okay, so How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a televised special released in 1966. It has a runtime of 25 minutes, and it's not rated because it released on television and not in theaters. So um, How the Grinch Stole enjoy that one hannah how the grinch stole christmas was originally a book written by dr seuss in 1957 the producer and director of the film try was trying to convince dr seuss to make a movie and dr seuss was reluctant to do so because he had had a large difficulty with his only he made and produced a feature-length film called five thousand fingers of dr t which was not received well by audiences uh, apparently, in the screening, people walked out after 15 minutes. Apparently, though, it has fared well as it holds like a 70-something like a on Rotten Tomatoes. So, apparently, just the audience wasn't ready for whatever 5,000 fingers of something are. And also because Charlie Brown Christmas had come out the year before in 1965 and had such a large success that eventually he agreed and they were given a pretty large budget because of that success. I have conflicting information. Wikipedia told me that this uh, special has 15,000 cells and drawings, and IMDb told me it had 25,000. So it's one of those two. It was shown annually on CBS until 1987, when the rights were basically distributed to like every single company in existence. So it airs in many different locations now. So because Pretty much every television station was fully in color at this point in 1966. They changed the Grinch's color scheme. So in the books, in the initial um, print run of the books, he was white because it was all in black and white. So he was a white character. And the director decided to make him green for the televised version. And that's essentially what the Grinch is now known as. He's now a green character in every, you know in reprints of the book and all the adaptations adaptations in the future he becomes green so that is interesting to know so it aired um in a block which was like a large wave of animated holiday specials including frosty the snowman rudolph the red nosed reindeer a lot of the stop motion like the claymation animations um they all kind of came out around the same time in the 60s so it's just like a weird boom of people loving animation and critic Rich Dubrow was quoted as saying that the Grinch, quote, is probably as good as most of the other holiday cartoons, end quote, um, as I could not find much in the form of reviews and reception of this. It holds 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was rated um, number one on TV Guide's Best Holiday Family Specials. And it holds an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. So there was some controversy in that um, none of the vocalists were credited on the special, um, including Thurl Ravenscroft, who voiced the singing role of Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch. He was notably known as the voice of Tony the Tiger. Eventually, Dr. Seuss wrote to every like column to give him credit because... It, you know, essentially people thought that the uh, voice of the Grinch was the voice of the singing voice. So the other interesting thing is that 
Dr. Seuss wrote all the songs for the special. He wrote all the lyrics, and um, they created what was known as Seussian Latin in a lot of their songs to try trying to replicate Latin, but in like rhyme form of like Dr. Seuss. Um, and people actually thought that it was Latin and like wrote in to like be like, what does this translate to? So I think guess they did a good job. So now I have my summary. Horton Hears a Who is a book that follows the Who's, but not the Who's of Whoville terrorizing the Grinch in this classic television special. Smile a fiendish grin and feel your heart shrink three sizes as you watch a 53-year-old cranky boomer get mad at people celebrating a holiday from 10,000 feet away. Or meters, I'm not sure which of the two it is. Will he steal Christmas? Or he, will he realize that the Christmas spirit is within us all? Yeah, the Grinch is a petty little bitch in this movie. I didn't know he was 53. So I watched this movie with subtitles. Can I just say Disney? Oh, sorry, Peacock. Can you please put subtitles in any other color than white? This entire movie takes place in snow and you have white subtitles over white snow. I was struggling very hard. But in those, reading those subtitles, I was like, excuse me, the Grinch is 53? (laughs) I think, here's what I'll say. Like, the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch... I know, like, it's controversial, like, people either love it or hate it, but that does a lot better job of giving you the backstory on why the Grinch is the way he is. Gives the context to why he hates Christmas. Right. In this movie, essentially, the Grinch just, for no reason at all, decides to go and destroy a bunch of people's Christmas, and then the Who's look like saints at the end because they don't care about it all, and because they sing their song around the tree. And this special is pretty much verbatim word for word the book right with some added things like clearly the songs and yeah and it's it's very short it's like a television yeah. show right i like the i really like dr seuss's like uh cartoon animation style how they do the animation i do too there are some really iconic shots from this that like i remember i could if i think of the grinch i can think of a ton of different things from this there's that fiendish grin where his like face curls up that like terrifies you yeah i i used to be horrified as a kid and then there's also the whole sequence of your mean one mr grinch Mm -hmm. that's like iconic can we talk about how the grinch needs an alignment his posture is like his his chest is so far forward he's like a a reverse hunchback because he's used to peering over the the (laughs) who city the whole ten thousand feet meter. i think it's feet also, the town is, like, just 20 houses. It's yeah. It's just, like, a little village. How do they make that much noise that you could hear them from that high up? But it, I did notice it looked like it was remastered, the version on Peacock. Yeah. Like, it definitely seemed like it was maybe an HD remaster or something, and you've got the classic, like, weird 60s trippy animation where clearly all these people were on acid and or mushrooms or, you know, something. Uh, it makes it for a little trippy. He goes and complains about Christmas for literally about five minutes straight, just yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He lo- he's, he loves to complain. So do I. Yeah. He we loves complaining. You know, what I do like is that he does all this bad shit. He's like, I stole Christmas, now they'll shut up, and they just come out and they're like, yeah, it's Christmas. It's Christmas, bitch. Yeah. We love Christmas. You don't, you don't need the presents. It's not about, keep it the boxes or bags. <laughs> And they're like, you want to carve the roast beast? 
And he's like, yeah, sure, sure. You know, he saves Christmas. He he grows in strength. His eyes turn from red to blue. His heart grows. And then he sleds down the hill and is like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I like Christmas. Maybe all I needed was a friend. Is the Grinch a successful version of Syndrome from Incredibles? Mm. Because he makes his own... If everyone's super, no one is. No, because he makes... He steals Christmas, and then he becomes the hero by saving Christmas. Oh, like you're saying when Syndrome tried to take out all the superheroes so he could become the superhero, basically. But did it unsuccessfully. But did it unsuccessfully, Like how yes. he made his own disaster to try right. and save it. Yes. Because technically at the yeah. end, he's the hero. He is the hero. He saved Christmas. So maybe the Grinch really knows what he's talking about. Maybe. Yeah. I guess don't have much to say just because it's such a short story. And it's also a classic. Like, I think I've seen this every year because it's always on. It was always on every year. We always watched it every year. It's one of those ones you grow up with and, you know, I have fond memories of. And it's there's not a lot to dislike. It's been 60 years, almost 60 years, and the animation still holds up. Yeah. It looks nice. It's a good story. Yeah. I don't have any issues with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, for this, for favorites, we are adding in a special little bonus. So we're going to do the best, like, music, song, like, incorporation or moment. Yes, into the movie. So this could be a Christmas song or it could just be a song you thought was well incorporated into this Christmas movie. Right. So um, let's do favorite character. So this one's hard because there's really only one main character and that's the Grinch. Yeah, yeah. You get Max the dog, and you get Cindy Lou Who, and really, that's it. So You only had three choices. You only had three choices, and so I felt like I had to pick the Grinch, because he learns and he grows, you know? He's a mean, cranky man who does a bad thing, realizes his mistake, and fixes it. And I think everyone can learn something from that. And has no consequences for his actions. Yeah. I guess that's true. That, that is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> mine is going to be the combination of... My God. What are you looking at? There's a spider. Where? On the lamp. I'm going to turn into Spider-Man. I'm not going to be able to focus until... All right. All right, fine. Did you just drop it? Are you kidding me? He might have gone inside. Well, now I'm even more horrified. He's a little baby spider here. Yeah, I don't care. I'll just check through here and make sure you didn't get on a piece All of paper. All it took was one bite and Peter Parker became Spider-Man. Okay, well, I'm not going to become Spider-Man. I can't do that much right now. Oh, he's over here. Oh. He's on the other side. He's inside the lamp. Is he inside? Yeah, he's inside the lamp over on this side. Okay. I swear to God, yeah. if he drops down on me, I'm going to he's vomit. He's going to drop down on you. I will vomit then cry. Okay, great. It will not be a pretty picture. Make for a great podcast episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, I did the combination of Max and the Grinch. Okay. Because I really like Max in this animated version. He's mm -hmm. very funny. Mm -hmm. And he's like... He is funny. He's a mood. One of my favorites is when he's sitting and he just goes... <laughs> yeah, that was actually my favorite scene. Uh, yeah. So, when he's on the sled and mm -hmm. Grinch is like looking for him and he just yeah. sits there and waves. And he just waves at him. I love that. That's And like... then shrugs his shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he can't be bothered. Mm -hmm. Favorite line has to be, he took the roast beast. I went with the classic quote, I wouldn't touch you with a 90... 90 30. <laughs> I, went, I went with the classic quote, quote, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Because that's how I feel about people I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> you right. You said insult and everyone knows you mean business. Yes. Did you have a favorite scene? I also really liked the, um, the downhill sled scene with Max and the Grinch. Yes. 
Yes. Well, for me, the the music moment was like only one choice, yeah. and that's your mean one, Mr. Grinch. If anyone is out here picking the um, Welcome Christmas, come at me and tell me why that is the case, please. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, I really, there was one option. <gasps> what? Oh, yeah, he's out. He's moving. He's pissed. He's coming back for me. <laughs> yeah, because you angered him. I know, I don't like it. He's not coming back this way. He's fine. So, yeah, to me, when Mr. <laughs> came back, <laughs> just let him be. He's a petty little bitch. I let him, Hannah, I will tell you if he starts to slide no, down. Won't. I'm looking at you. I will see him. He's in my line of sight. I will tell you if he starts to, to slink down here, okay? Okay, fine, but I swear to God, if he starts okay. to drop, you better tell him. All right, I will. Or I will. Cry. I will. I will. No, I'll throw it in I'll, your face. I'll catch him in my hand. He's a little spider, so I'll I hold you to that. I don't remember what we were talking about. We're talking about the musical moment being your name on Mr. Grinch. Do you have a favorite bit from that song? Probably I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Yeah. I like the one where he is like snaking under things. Like oh a yeah. snake. It reminds me. Have you ever seen that kid video, that kid on a Roomba? What are those called? Segway thing? <gasps> yes. And he's yeah. like yes. slinking is, around the it house. It is kind of like that. Yes. Okay. Do you have any other... Uh, any other things? Nope. Great. Let's okay. do one of my movies. Yes. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. So this movie was an hour and 37 minutes, released in 1989, rated PG-13, has a $73.3 million box office total. Uh, it was written by John Hughes. Oh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Classic. Made all the movies in the 80s, basically. Pretty and Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Claw, Off, Bear- yeah. Home Alone. A lot of he was a great great director sadly dead yes sad times um so it's a 7.6 out of 10 on imdb and a 67 percent on rotten tomatoes so basically national lampoon was an american humor magazine that ran from 1970 to 1998 and this movie is a part of a five movie series that was known as the national lampoon's vacation series those movies ran from 1983 until the most recent, which was released in 2015. This was the third installment of that fran- or franchise, I guess, technically a franchise. So the movie was based on John Hughes's short story that appeared in National Lampoon magazine called Christmas 59. Basically, they liked the short story so much that they wanted him to write more, and he wanted to write it into a movie. So they like basically gave him permission to write that into a movie. So, interesting, there was no official soundtrack that was released for this film. But in 1999, a bootleg uh, copyright came out containing music in the film, and it appeared on a bunch of internet auction sites. Mm. And apparently it was, like, sold at Six Flags in, like, the souvenir stores. Yeah. And no one realized it was a fake. Like, they didn't know it was a fake. Uh, So the movie is filmed primarily in Colorado, and then the house shots are in California. Okay. But all the, like, outdoor scenes were from Colorado. So, the director of this movie was supposed to be Chris Columbus, who did Home Alone. So, he was supposed to direct the movie, but him and Chevy Chase had personality clashes, which I know Chevy Chase Uh, has a lot of issues with more than just him. Yeah, that does not surprise me to hear that. Uh, John Hughes ended up giving Home Alone to Chris Columbus to direct. I see. After that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I could really... There was, like, not a lot of background on this movie in general. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so here is my summary. In what might be our family's most quoted movie, Christmas Vacation is a more crude take on your typical Christmas film. 
the Griswolds, your typical suburban family from the Midwest, find themselves struggling through the holidays when family comes to town. It's just your typical Christmas with kidnapping, explosions, and explicit yelling montages. It's, like, kind of funny because we've been watching this movie since we were, like, kids. Oh, yeah. There's a very specific part where he goes on an expletive rant where our parents would, like, mute it. Yeah, and I specifically remember the year they finally decided they didn't have oh, to yes. mute it. Yeah. And I remember he- hearing, as long as you don't repeat any of these words, mm-hmm. we can play it. Which was the mantra of any movie we watched as children, comedy movies, since we, right. got, we were allowed to watch a lot of comedy movies that were probably, in would be deemed inappropriate, but as long as we didn't repeat the swear words, it was all good. golden, you know? Yeah, this is definitely one of, like, the most quotable movies. There's so many lines from this. We've gotten... The sweaters we were talking about... Are from this movie. Are from this movie. We also got my dad a Christmas ornament that plays lines from the movie. I use the quotes from this movie, like, weekly. Yeah. Just in various points of life. Like, I'm just gonna... Spoiler alert. I literally wrote for favorite line, I'll pick in the moment. Yeah, because... pick one. There's, like... Probably I could think of, like, five right now on the top of my head that I could have chose from. But, yeah, I think it's just... To me, it's, like, it's that humor Christmas movie. Yeah. I wrote down that it's, especially at that time, like, physical comedy was really big. Like, there are um, many, many, like, physical gags in this movie that isn't really done that much now. Like, I don't feel like physical comedy isn't as, like, big Mm -hmm. as it was at that time. Um, it's definitely also a lot of crude humor. Yep. For sure. Uh, Shitter's full. <laughs> Shitter's full. It's got a pretty good cast. Yeah. Love or hate Chevy Chase, he has a presence. He definitely has, like, a aura about him. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you've got, like, Randy Quaid's in this movie. Like, right. he also is another person mm-hmm. who's... His public life's a bit oh, of, like, a, yeah, you know... a mess. But then you get, like, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Right. And you get, um... I can't think of her name, the mom from Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, Do- uh, Doris. Doris. Um, yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, so you, you get a good cast. You, uh, Rusty, the son, is... Oh, Big um, Bang Theory. From Big Bang Theory. Um, and Juliette Lewis, who is in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Plays yes. a daughter. So I feel like you have a good cast. I would say, though, like, to me, Chevy Chase is the... The yeah. big character. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. else feels like a supporting role. Um, it feels like it's his movie because the whole thing just revolves around him. And to me, it's like this movie is so... I don't even know what to say because it's a movie I'm so familiar with. I could probably quote most of this movie by now. Oh. I ha- I really didn't write a lot of notes down because it was like, I know everything that happens in this movie. Yeah. Like, I didn't pick up on anything new that I hadn't picked up on before. I was trying to, but again, it's like, you've seen this movie so many times, it's, you know, yeah. sometimes even more than once a year. Um, but yeah, it's it's a funny movie, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's hard, it's hard to explain it, like, people who haven't seen it, it's, it definitely is of its time. Yeah. Like, some of the humor probably wouldn't pass now, or wouldn't be seen as comical now which you can say that about a lot of like 80s yeah. 90s movies. oh yeah but yeah i mean I'm, i think i'm ready to go into favorites yeah i think my favorite character i kind of felt like i had to go with clark yeah. just because like i said he is just the big main character i think the supporting cast is really great mm-hmm. um but to me like clark is like the only pick really 
Yeah, he's like um, like a lovable asshole is maybe how I would say that. Because, like, he does these things. Like, he puts his family in danger, you know. He, like, has to be right. But he, like, tries to do what's best. That doesn't always work, but, you know, it gets his boss kidnapped and then an entire SWAT team breaks into their home to save him. But, you know, I think he's, like, a, a good lead. He works in that role. Yeah. Let's do a favorite song incorporation. Okay. Um, so for me, it's it's always been one of my favorite parts of the movie is, weirdly enough, the intro. Okay, yeah. Where it's, um, I think the song's called Christmas Vacation. Yeah. It's basically like, it's weird because they do like a cartoon introduction. Yeah. And I've just always really liked it. I think normally, to me, the opening credits are pretty, like, passable for most movies. Mm-hmm. You don't really pay attention. But this one I actually watch because I really like the animation. And so, in turn, I like the song that goes with it. I thought about doing the intro because I do also like that, but I actually picked near the end of the movie, they play Here Comes Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and it's like this big moment when the family's like all celebrating, like Clark's gotten his bonus, he got through to his boss, but at the same time, the SWAT team is literally preparing to like enter their home and like arrest all of them, and it's just like the contrast and like just the chaos, the chaos and the chaoticness of it. <laughs> Chaoticness of it. <sighs> Chaoticness. I don't know. It just fits really well. It has really good c- comedic timing. Yes. Um, my favorite scene, this one is like the physical comedy. Yeah. It's he's up on the roof yeah. trying to use a staple <laughs> gun to hook the lights up. Mm-hmm. And he's basically trying to figure out how to hold the ladder best. And he keeps going back and forth with his yeah. hands. It's like one of those scenes where it's, it, when I explain it, it's not going to sound funny. Yeah. But if you've seen the movie, you know the scene. He just keeps going back and forth with his hands. That was the same scene I picked. Yeah. I love that scene. It's so, well, it's because like it's that physical comedy that really works and is like, it stands the test of time because he is like almost falling off this ladder and almost like rolling off the roof and sends like an ice cube through his neighbor's window, like a shot of ice through the gutters. Like it's just really, really funny. Yeah. And I love it. I think favorite quote, because we're wearing these sweaters, I'm going to go with, why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Marco. Yes. So I am going to pick a different one. I thought about picking this one and I also really love the like, I, I would be more surprised if I woke up with my head st- sewn to the carpet. But the one I, this year, that I seemed, I feel like I liked more than I have in previous years is when he's at work and his he's talking to his boss and there's just like, his boss is followed by a line of people and he's just like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss your ass, kiss his ass, happy mm-hmm. Hanukkah. And it's just like the progression of that, I think is really good comedic timing as well. Yeah, I agree. Our next movie, which is going to be The Muppets Christmas Carol. So, The Muppets Christmas Carol was released in 1992. It has a runtime of an hour and 26 minutes, and it has a rating of G. Surprisingly. Yeah, I thought it would have been PG. PG. This is the first time that Brian Henson had directed a movie, and he is the son of Jim Henson. Um, Jim Henson had passed shortly before this movie was in production. And so it's adopted from the 1843 novella, A Christmas Carol, which was written by the great Charles Dickens, which has been adapted like 800 times in so many, it's like, I think one of the most adapted stories like ever. They used some artistic licenses for the fact that the characters were Muppets, but for the most part, it follows the plot of the story pretty much to a T. It's the fourth Muppets film released. Um, And it was the first after Jim Henson's death. And also, 
was dedicated to Richard Hunt, who was a, one of the main puppeteers of the Muppets, who had also died. It had um, mostly positive reviews, and it was a modest success. It was the first Muppet movie that was produced by Walt Disney Pictures, so they were really pushing it. Or it made $27 million in the box office, but it came out around the same time as Home Alone 2 mm. and Aladdin. So those were its two big like things that it was going up against, and... I mean, Home Alone 2 is a classic Christmas movie, and Aladdin, a classic Disney movie. So Charles Dickens is represented as a character, the character of Gonzo, and he was chosen because they thought that he was the least likely choice (laughs) to beat Charles Dickens, so they're like, let's make him Charles Dickens. So it was initially pitched as a television special, but then they decided to make it a movie, it has a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 64 out of 100 on Metacritic, and a cinema score of A. My last bit of note I have is that Michael Caine um, had previously wanted to be on The Muppets, like the television show, and hadn't been. So then when he had the opportunity to be in this movie, he was like, please, I want to do it. He told um, Brian Henson that he, quote, I'm going to play Scrooge as if it's an utterly dramatic part and there are no puppets around me. And I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. So he essentially was like, I'm not playing this like there's puppets around me. These are actors and I'm working with them. So he played it very straight and is considers this one of his like favorite roles he's ever done. So now I have my summary. Michael Caine stars as Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Michael Caine. That was horrible. No, Michael Because his name sounds like Michael Caine. No, I thought you were just trying to do Michael Caine. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me start. I literally wrote Michael Caine. Because the way you said it. Yeah. You said it like in his accent. Yeah, because it's the joke. Okay. Okay. Michael Caine stars as Scrooge McDuck. In this classic Christmas tale by the great Charles Dickens, having been adapted over a hundred times, the Muppets add a new spin as they play the majority of the cast, except for Rizzo, who plays himself, and create a new musical. There's plenty of content to make any child cry themselves to sleep. Trust me, I did. (laughs) Okay. That's my story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so this one's interesting is that I know I've seen this movie, and I, as Han, much as Hannah says she doesn't remember it, I know she's also seen this movie, but it's been a long time. Like, the last time I saw this movie all the way through, I was probably a child. And so I didn't really remember a lot of it, and I was very pleasantly surprised. I was absolutely dreading this movie because... I've seen a million Christmas Carol yeah. variety. We used to go and see it every year in theater, or not in theaters, but like on... The stage of the play production. Right. Play production like a- at like a local theater. Um, for like years we did this. Oh, we yeah. would go like for my mom's birthday. And I do not really like the Christmas Carol. Maybe because I've seen it so many times. I've read the book. Novella. I mean, novella, sorry. 
like ABC Family has made a Christmas movie based off Christmas Carol. Ghost of Girlfriend's Past is essentially the Christmas Carol. Like there's so many varieties. So I was really dreading it, but I also was very much like very into it. Yeah. I honestly, I think that was like the smartest decision to have Michael Caine play the straight man, like play it like it's a serious role, because I think that lended really well to like the feel of it. Um, I was reading something that they had to do like scenes for like the songs. He would purposely like ask to do the entire thing over again because he enjoyed it so much, like actually doing like the scenes the singing scenes because they're like oh we could take it from here and he's like no let's just do it from the beginning like he really enjoyed his time in this movie so i think that like everybody seemed to be having a good time also we get this like really dramatic introduction of scrooge like you get a weird dutch angle where he's like standing in the dark and is like this whole first song is all about how horrible he is very reminiscent of bell from beauty and the beast where the townspeople are talking about how weird bell is it's the same thing but like scrooge is like like a penny pinching like crankety crotch old man and I really liked it I really liked the um portrayal of all these characters as Muppets like they maintained their personalities as Muppets but also like were embodying these characters I also was reading something that the the costumes were like extremely accurate to the time period like there's someone did a video on YouTube about how it's like one of the most accurate portrayals of costume work like for that time period so they, like, took it very seriously and, like, built these, like, really intense sets where they could have, like, the puppeteers be below the ground and, like, had planks for, like, and, yeah, this, like, they put a lot of work into it. I think it shows there's, like, a lot of love and care. I don't know if it's Michael Caine. It probably is, but this that's the most, like, heartwarming. I feel like a lot of Scrooge characters, how they portray them, you don't really care much about them just because they're so dislikable until the end. Right. And Michael Caine's version of Scrooge is so goddamn charming. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. hate Scrooge at the beginning. I didn't either. <laughs> because even when he was yelling, I was like, it's Michael Caine. I also, because the fact he literally, like, picks up a puppet and throws it outside. Yeah. And I was like, I I love it. This movie was funny. Yeah, it was funny. I laughed a lot. Yeah, there was a... Uh, a scene where these mice are like, please, sir, may I have some cheese? It was like every Midwesterner ever. I was like, I love it. Um, yeah, it was funny. It was charming. Michael Caine is just like, made me feel things. Mm-hmm. I did notice how I was like, right, a note about how it's just like normal to interact with the puppets. Yeah. So I did yeah. notice that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was definitely for me out of all five of these movies, the most pleasant surprise. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to mention in the background, but I had forgot because I didn't write it in the background, is um, in the initial run of this movie, they, Michael Eisner, who was the CEO of Disney at the time, requested that the song get removed from the movie. It's a song, The Love Is Gone, which was sung by um, Scrooge's love interest in the past, basically being like, we were in love once, but you're like, you're too obsessed with like money and work, you know? And... He wanted it cut because he thought it was too boring for children. So you kind of end, end up with this kind of weird cut. And the version we watched was on Disney Plus has this, but they have it as extras on Disney Plus, And they are currently working on re-adding it back into the movie. So uh, apparently what had happened is like the negatives were thought to be lost. So they couldn't like remaster that. But then they found them. 
So they're going to remaster it. But yeah, so Hannah and I watched. We added that song in. Like, we went to the extras and we watched it. I think it adds good context. It makes you understand the story more. Yeah. You know. I think it's important to have that in. Yeah. Would you like to start with your favorite character? Sure. I, Scrooge. Yeah. I love this portrayal of Scrooge. You really feel for him and understand this, like, development of him into this, like, obsessed with his work, crotchety man, you know, who's lost sight of, like, his life and, like, what life is like. And I feel like you really, in this version, see his relationship with Tiny Tim, like, specifically. Like, you can, like, feel how upset he is when he learns that he's dead in the future. And, like, his fear when you're, like, at the graveyard and he has to go look at the grave. Like, I believe everything he's saying and everything he's, like, emoting. Um, It's really believable and it's really well done. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've already mentioned, like, how charming he was. I just really liked his role. And this is probably the only time I would have picked Scrooge as my favorite character in A Christmas Carol adaptation. Yeah. Let's do um, favorite line. Okay. So one of mine was the police, sir, can I have some more cheese? Mm -hmm. Another one, it was, like, I think it was the two, like, um narrators oh god um charles dickens and rizzo right i think it was them talking and they're like should we be worried about the kids in the audience and he's like no it's all right that is this is culture this is culture i really liked that line as well that was one of my favorites it's because there's some like dark elements so essentially they turned the um marley into two characters basically the old men in the the theater who laugh and make fun of people they just made them both like brothers like marley brothers for the sake of this movie like, their song was pretty dark and creepy, and there was, like, some some disturbing imagery in there that, like, I don't really remember as a kid, but I feel like could definitely, like, be scary. Give you nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, so, favorite scene. I really liked um, a lot of the ensemble scenes with the puppets. Like, especially the present day song. I can't remember what the name of the song is. It's, like, Christmas. Feels like Christmas. Feels like Christmas. You can see Scrooge kind of, like, dancing a little bit. Like, he's getting into it and seeing, like, what Christmas is all about. And I really liked that scene. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, like, getting to see all the puppets just kind of, like... It's fun to see, like, just normal people interacting with these, like, crazy puppets and things. Yeah, my favorite scene was... (laughs) I don't like that. I felt something on my hand. I think you're psychosomatic. Imagining the spider. It's not me. Okay, let me... Minute. I felt. I would swear to God, okay. I felt something on my hand. Okay. 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 Stand still, please. Okay. I don't see anything. I think it was my hair. I think it was probably your hair. Just freaking myself out now. Okay. Okay. I don't see anything. I think oh. you're safe. You just felt. I felt a chill. It's probably. Probably ghost. Is Marley? It's Marley. Are the ghosts of Christmas past? Is coming for you. Made me spill some of my water. Oh. Startled. Well, I'm startled too. Okay. Okay. So my favorite scene is yes. the scene where he's at the graveyard. Yeah. Because I just thought like it was done so well like portraying his emotions and I mm-hmm. very much felt for him and yeah um my favorite song was the one you were talking about the feels like Christmas feels like Christmas. I just thought the whole montage was really cool and like Michael Caine just like dancing I was yeah. like love it so I for best um song incorporation I actually picked um where they introduced Scrooge which is called Scrooge because it like felt very um musical 
really felt like in a musical, like the establishing character shot, like Belle, or like No One Mourns the Wicked from Wicked, where it's like big number, like establishing the character. And I liked the angles and I liked that you don't really see his face for most of it. Like he's just like this looming figure with like these weird kind of like, um, like Dutch angles are just like kind of slanted like views towards him. But I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. It was a, a good rewatch. All right, next we have Happiest Season. So this was our newest Christmas movie. Uh, it came out in 2020. It was rated PG-13, an hour and 41 minutes. Um, so it had 2.1 million in the box office. This was because this movie, movie was originally supposed to just come out in theaters. Right. And then due to COVID, they decided to not do that. And Hulu ended up buying the rights to the movie and premiering it on Hulu as like a Hulu original Christmas movie. Yes. I'll get more to those numbers in a minute. Um, so it had a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 69% on Metacritic. <clears throat> okay, so like I said, it ended up being released on Hulu. So it was estimated that uh, 416,680 U.S. households watched it in the opening weekend, which makes it the best debut in Hulu's history oh, for a movie. Nice. It was directed by uh, Clee Duvall. And it was written by Duval and Mary Holland, who plays Jane, the oh, sister. Okay. Gotcha. She was one of the co-writers. Okay. Um, so Duval said that this film was sort of like a semi-autobi was a semi-autobiographical take on experiences from her um, real life with okay. her family. Gotcha. Um, so several reviews of this have named Mary Holland, who is Jane, as like the film's breakout star. Mm-hmm. The movie won a 2021 GLAAD Media Award for Outstanding Film. Mm -hmm. And then in May of 2021, Mary Holland said that a sequel is in the early stages oh, of development. Okay. So there is supposed to be a sequel coming out. Um, that was really, there was really not much background just because it was sort of like recent movie and also right. it came out on Hulu. But they did say that the filming ended shortly before like the big COVID pandemic yeah, started. Right although... Yeah. I guess later on in an interview, Aubrey Plaza did say that a couple of the cast members did get COVID. Yeah. Like Kristen Stewart and a couple of the yeah. other people got COVID towards the end of filming because okay. they wrapped up like right around right. the time right that around, Hollywood like, was like March. shutting down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my summary. Aubrey Plaza, Kristen Stewart, and Dan Levy walk into a bar. Except it's a drag show bar in a wealthy town in upstate Pennsylvania. From here, the story gets interesting. Harper invites her girlfriend Abby home for the first time to meet her family. The only issue being, she has yet to come out to said family. With Abby forced back into the closet, both figuratively and literally, she will have to decide if it is worth it or if she will have a blue Christmas. So this one's interesting because we neither of us had seen it. Yeah. I had heard about it when it came out last year. I remember I wanted to see it because I liked the... I remember seeing a trailer for it on YouTube, um, and I... Sometimes I skip over movie trailers, and sometimes I, like, am intrigued enough that I watch the whole thing. This is one of the ones that I, like, I watched the whole trailer because the cast looked like a fun cast. It's a really solid cast. It is. Yeah. Like, I mean, you get Kristen Stewart, Dan Levy, Aubrey Plaza. Um, Alison Brie. And then you Mary, have... Mary Steinenberg. Victor Garber. Yeah. Like, it's a really solid cast. Um, and I think that... Um, I think that this movie is... Like, because it's essentially, like, the whole movie is essentially, like, a coming out story. Yeah. 
And I think last, or maybe during the Lifetime Hallmark, I yeah. kind of mentioned how people have said that a lot of, like, LGBTQ um, plus media is, like, includes a lot of coming out stories. Yeah. Um, But I kind of feel like this one for me works in a way because... It's a little bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, it does incorporate a lot of, like, Christmas elements. There's also, like, the element of, like, people being outed. Yeah. Like, without them being able to do that. Like, multiple people. Multiple people. And I think that this movie feels, like, really high stakes because it is, like, the conflict is very, like, we talked about in Lifetime and Hallmark how some of that was just, like, there was no really conflict because it was just, it would have been fine either way. Right, low stakes. This feels, like, really high stakes. And... I think the cast plays off one each, one another really well. Mm-hmm. You can tell you have a lot of like comedic people because yes. you can. There's a lot of stuff that maybe felt like it was almost improv in a way. Yeah, I, I do actually really like Jane, and I think yeah. a lot of times those mm-hmm. side funny token characters end yeah. up being either really annoying or the humor doesn't fall. Like the humor falls flat. Right. I actually thought her scenes were really funny. Yeah, when we first got introduced to her, I was kind of worried, because I'm like, oh no, is this going to be, like, the cringy, like, creepy girl character, you know, that, like, falls into this trope, and I, like, was pleasantly surprised to see that was not the case. Yeah, and I think this is a movie, too, where I can see both si- like both sides of this yeah. conflict, but yeah, I-, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I, I laughed. I really liked a lot of the character dynamics in this movie. Of course, Dan Levy just plays himself, essentially, and, like, he's great. I love him. Um, And I also just wanted to mention that the beginning of this movie is, like, old-timey, like, print ads from, like, the 50s or 60s, but, like, they look really creepy. So I was, like, (laughs) off-put by the intro a little bit just because I, I don't know, I'm very particular about design (laughs) Mm -hmm. of stuff. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid movie. It's definitely, like, hard because it's the first time I've seen it in a lot of these. It's, like, I've seen multiple times. So it's hard to compare, you know, between them. Yeah. yeah I thought it was solid. It was a solid movie. Um, so my favorite character is Abby. Kristen Stewart, mm-hmm. like, we've talked about this with Twilight. Like, she is a really great actress. Yeah. And I think in this role, it really worked for her. I just thought her character, to me, was the one that I could reason with the most I felt for her and I feel like she essentially was put in a really tough position kind of being forced back into the closet yeah when she was already out and like proud of who she was yeah um and I think she was trying to be supportive but it reached a certain point where she really wasn't that you can only handle so much and so I think that her character to me was like I felt the most sympathy for her yeah, I picked Abby as well. I liked, like, all of her interactions with a bunch of different characters are all really interesting. Like, her, like, friendship with um, Aubrey Plaza's character. I really liked their dynamic together and them being able to discuss um, Harper. I liked her relationship with, like, Dan Levy and with Harper, like, her with her girlfriend. Like, there was a lot of, like, really interesting character work. And I like that she tries to be supportive and, and tries to not be her girlfriend with her family but ultimately like when she's talking to Dan Levy's character and she's like I need to be with somebody who who will want to be with me like out like I don't want to be with someone who's still like not ready to make that step like take that step which is completely fair yeah which is fair well I was gonna say like that's not really something I can personally relate to right but like I you can really feel like 
that that's very important to her. Yeah. And, like, at this stage in the relationship, she just, like, doesn't know if she can do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so, I think for, uh, scene, I really liked pretty much every scene between Abby and John. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene at the beginning where he, like, she calls him and she's like, um, so yeah, I'm pretending to be straight. And he's like, yeah. have they ever met, like, yeah. a lesbian before? Yeah. And I really liked the scene where he was kind of explaining to her that, like, everyone's coming out yeah. story is different. He's like, yeah. your parents were super cool mm-hmm. that my dad kicked me out of the house and didn't talk yeah. to me for, like, 10 years. So he's trying to get her to understand that, like, it's not always, it's not about her. It's the fact yeah. that she's scared how her parents will react. Harper yeah. is scared about that. Um, but yeah, I thought their scenes together were just very, like, they have good chemistry and they seemed like um, believable as friends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I also really liked that scene where they were talking about like, what was it like when you told your parents mm-hmm. and she was like, they were very supportive. And he was, and yeah, and he was like, mine were not. So everybody's story, how they get there is different. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really well done. I also loved him pretending to be straight at yeah. the party. Oh and he God. was like, how much, lift? how much do you yeah. bench? He's like, a, yeah. a thousand, a thousand yeah. pounds. He's like, you lift? Yeah. I loved um, that too line there was there was just a line where he's like oh you must be harper's orphan friend i wrote down the exact same thing the fact that they just were like oh you're harper's orphan friend that was one of those jokes where i thought it was gonna get old and it didn't it didn't yeah because at the end she or when she's talking to albert paul she goes oh i'm uh harper's orphan (laughs) like she introduces herself as an orphan i'm the orphan um yeah so that was my favorite line I think my favorite uh, uh, song incorporation was when they were at the drag, Mm -hmm. uh, like, show bar, like, her and Aubrey Plaza were, and they were, it's, must be Santa Claus. Yeah, must be Santa Claus. And me and Alyssa both turned to each other and were like, oh, this is a Christmas song. Yeah, we both forgot (laughs) that it existed. But yeah, I just liked that whole scene. I thought it was fun. Um, I also really liked that scene, too, but I put the, um, there's, like, an instrumental version of Oh Holy Night that plays once their, like, family comes together on Christmas and, like, has, like, a really pleasant time, and I thought that was, like, a really nice moment, like, that you didn't need words once that moment had happened, like, you could just have this, like feeling, like, you know, it's one of those things where you can, it's, like, show, don't tell, where, like, you could see that emotion and, like, the feelings there without having to have any dialogue. Do you know that we've watched two different Christmas movies that have had drag? Yeah, uh, show that's, what, that's what I was like. I'm like, another one with drag. And I was like, I'm oh. so impressed. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> so it really makes me want to go to a drag show. I know. That's what we were talking about. We're like, where can we go? Apparently there's one it. in Royal Oak, I've oh, been told. Okay, good to know. Um, our last movie is Love Actually. Mm. So Love Actually was released in 2003. It has a runtime of two hours and 16 minutes and is rated R. Um, so this movie grossed $246 million, um, on a 40 to $55 million budget. It has a, a large ensemble cast who had all pretty much worked previously with the director, um, Richard Curtis. So the movie was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture for Musical or Comedy, and it is shown to be way more popular with audiences than it is with critics. It didn't necessarily review well with critics. So initially this movie started as two separate films that um, the director was writing and it was the plots of Hugh Grant's character and um, Colin Firth's character and eventually he decided that the plots were similar enough that he just started to combine them together and then ultimately inspired by like um, films by Robert Altman and like Pulp Fiction like you know the more like multiple storylines coming together decided to make this like an ensemble multiple storylines film so initially it was 14 scenarios 
that they had to cut out four of them. Two of the scenarios were actually filmed. Um, one of them was going to be a plotline where the headmaster of the school where the children went to was dealing with her, like, um, partner dying. Or, like, was, was dying from something. And they had to, like, cut a bunch of stuff out because they were rushing to get it out before Christmas for, like, 2003. So there was, like, a lot of stuff cut and there was... Um, apparently it was like a nightmare to, to edit the movie, which I believe. So another thing that's interesting is the, um, US and UK versions of this movie had slightly different soundtracks. So they changed some of the songs, um, notably like Kelly Clarkson, a version of her song was added into the movie to replace a different artist. And there's another song that changed as well. I'm not, I couldn't really get definitive answer why that had to be, but it just, that's the way it was. So the movie has a 64% on Rotten Tomato um, and a Metacritic score of 55 out of 100. And now I have some just like random facts that I found. So in this movie, Kira Knightley is five years older, older than Thomas Brody, who plays um, Sam. There's a five-year age gap in real life between the two of them. I remember the first time I heard that, I was blown away. Yeah. Because she looks like she would be, like, at least 15 years older. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so Andrew Lincoln um, was unsure of his character as he described it as, quote, borderline stalker territory and has, you know, since said that he wishes the character would have been written differently. Um, and I had have to say that I agree with him. Another thing is that Sam, Thomas Brody's character, was supposed to be a gymnast, and the end um, montage of running through the airport was supposed to be a lot more, like, dodging people and items, and he was supposed to do a lot of, like, stunts and gymnast work over it, and apparently that had to get cut out, so they had to, like, redo a bunch of the scenes and, like, cut a bunch of stuff out of that. I thought that was interesting. So now I have my summary. In this interwebbed ensemble cast of some of your favorite British actors and actresses, love is all around us. While there are some questionable characters and humor that doesn't hold up about 20 years later, and plot lines that you will not care about, there are maybe two or three character stories that will pull at your heartstrings. Oh, and Alan Rickman plays his most evil role of his entire film career. Career even worse than Hans Gruber and Severus Snape combined. Worst husband of the year award. Yeah, like he is so horrible. Horrible. So horrible. After this movie came out, they did like the Valentine's Day, the New Year's Eve. They tried to do a bunch of these different varieties. Yeah. I think this is like the best well done of like the huge megastar cast. I think so too. I would agree. I. It's interesting because... I don't know if it's because these people are all, if it's because these people are all British. Yeah. But most of the men are really damn charming. Yeah. Uh, minus yeah. Alan Rickman and yeah. uh, Andrew Lincoln's characters. Yeah. Yes. And, well, I guess the guy who goes to U.S. is not. No. He's, he's not. just kind of skeezy. Yeah, he's just a little um, sleazy. But I think that it has a lot of stories and plot but somehow a lot of it works for me a lot of it does work i have to say though i love colin firth him in what a girl wants is like the ultimate dilf but his 
role is one of my least favorites of this movie. Really? I have never liked that storyline. I don't know what it is. I just, like, every time I watch this movie, I, like, that's usually when I'm, like, if I need to, like, grab a snack or do something is when I do it. And I don't know if it's just me, but I just, I don't know. I, like, I just, like, am upset because I, like, I love Colin Firth and I just, like, I don't know. I can never get into that story until, like, I love the last scene. I love when, you know, he goes to the the restaurant and he's learned her language and she's learned his language and they're able to connect. I like that bit. But, like, leading up to it, I'm just, like, not as attached to his stories I wish I could be. That's one of my favorite storylines. Okay. Yeah. I think the humor's really good in that storyline mm-hmm. because neither of them can understand each other. Yeah. And I also think, like, it's interesting because how do you communicate and fall in love with someone who you can't really have a conversation with? Mm-hmm. For most of their storyline, they're essentially just, like, gesturing and, and trying to figure out what the other person is saying. And I think it's, like, super romantic how they both learned each other's language mm-hmm. and they end up meeting at the end. It's not my favorite storyline, yeah. but it's one. It's always been one of my favorites. I really dislike the whole Kira Knightley. Yeah. I, I remember the first time we watched this movie, or I watched this movie, mm-hmm. I thought that the friend was in love with her husband. Yeah, I remember you I thought that. it was, like, yeah. a gay yeah. I remember romance that. plot. Yeah. I just, like, am not super, I don't super love the idea of, like, him basically trying to steal his best friend's wife. Yeah, but, well, one, it's, like, he was filming for their wedding and he only filmed her. Mm -hmm. Like, essentially was doing close-ups of her and then also, like, has, I know it's, like, spoofed a lot, like, SNL's done it with, like, Hillary Clinton and um, a bunch of other things with, like, the written cards, like, say it's Christmas carolers. But, yeah, it is really creepy. That he's just, like, shows up, like, his best friend's just gotten married to this girl, and he's just like, hey, I'm in love with you. Yeah. And, like, I agree with Andrew Lincoln. I think that his character could have been written better to convey that without it coming across as, like, creepy and uncomfortable. I think, too, the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes are done really well. Yeah. To introduce all the characters Mm -hmm. and not have it be super confusing. Um... Obviously, there's some really talented actors and actresses in this movie. Yeah, um, a lot of people who are still like really prolific in yeah. in Hollywood and media. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, sadly, like Alan Rickman's no yeah. longer here. Yeah, um, but there's still a lot of these people who are very much like big actors and actresses. Yeah, and I think it's just. I don't know. Like, I think the characters are so charming for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think they make you care about multiple storylines. Yeah. And I just think it's, like, it's a fun, like, cute holiday movie. I do agree some of the stuff is, like, a bit, like, problematic nowadays. I have a huge issue with the fat shaming of Natalie. Yeah. Because she's not even, like, overweight or, like, obese or anything like that. And her whole character is people making fun of her weight constantly yes like her family makes fun of her weight her co-workers make fun of her weight she I mean she makes comments about it but mm-hmm. again if everyone's making comments and I just like I hate that that's just her character yeah is that she, uh, Hugh Grant's character thinks she's has a, a thing with the president and that she's fat and I hate it and it's kind of uh, it's kind sad. of a shame because I think yeah. her character is like I actually li- a really yeah. great character I like her character she's funny um I love the scene where she meets uh, Hugh Grant for the first time, and yeah. she, like, swears, and she's like, oh, I wasn't supposed to swear, and, like, swears yeah. again. And she's like, I, I had, like, a vision, um, that I was afraid that I was gonna fuck it up. Yeah. And then she's like, I'll piss. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think it's, like, 
to me, it's like, I think it relies heavily on the, it relies very, because let's be honest, this is not one of the greatest movies. Yeah. But it relies very heavily on character interactions and like the um, work that the actors and actresses put into their roles, I think. I think so too. Um, I would say there's like two storylines that are, or maybe three. There's three that I like really care about. I think to me it's um, Emma Thompson's. Emma Thompson, yep. It's Hugh Grant and Natalie. Yeah, and I also and think the Sam and um, his stepdad, his stepdad uh, and Daniel, Daniel, not Daniel Craig, uh, Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Liam and Neeson. then the girl yeah. who he, Sam is also yes. like falling for. Those are my three, like the ones that I really care about. And yeah. a lot of the other ones are like, I'm like, meh, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a fun movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think so. Um, so favorite character is very hard because there are a lot of characters. I two. Okay. Um, I did Emma Thompson. Karen. I picked Emma yes, Thompson as well. because she's just magnificent. Ooh, yeah. And we'll gets get me to, in the feels. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, and then I also picked, ooh, it's a tie because I had Liam Neeson. I also picked Liam Neeson as well. Yeah. Those were my two ties. I'll save hers because my favorite, some of my other favorite stuff yeah. involves that, some of her things. But, yes. like, with, with Liam Neeson... His whole thing is his wife has died and he has this stepson and he's just trying to be there for him, trying to relate to him. And their dynamic is so fun. And like, I we love a great stepdad, relies on his friends. Good luck. <laughs> I will find you and I will kill you. Liam Neeson's always been the overachieving dad. Yeah, but, you know, so I we love that relationship, you know, and he just wants his like stepson to be happy and have joy. Um, and I really like that dynamic. So my favorite scene and song use is when Joni Mitchell, both sides now, plays when Emma Thompson's character finds out that her husband's cheating on her and she goes upstairs to her room and she, the song plays and like, she's talked about how much she's like Joni Mitchell, but she found a necklace in his pocket and she thinks she's going to get it. And it turns out he got her the CD and not the locket, which basically it's like, she now knows that, you know, he's given it to someone else. And, like, she just goes upstairs and cries. And it's, like, that performance is so moving. Like, it gets me every time. And it's, like, it just makes you feel, like, so... Like, you can feel all of her pain. And she's, like, it just has to have, like, a minute just to feel it. And then she has to get herself together to take her kids to, like, their stage production. And it's, like... Ugh. It's it's fantastic. So, it got my, my favorite scene and my best song use. Yeah, I I did the same. That scene is to me the first time I watched the movie. That's the one I remembered. Yeah, same. I every time I watch this movie, I'm always just waiting to be punched in the face by yeah. that scene. Um, yeah. Emma Thompson is just like a great actress. Yeah, and the fact that like she can make me feel that like emotional about a situation that I've never had yeah, personally happen right? is yeah. kind of insane because mm-hmm. like I've never been in that situation but I'm like I can feel it like mm-hmm. I'm that's heartbreaking and just throughout the movie like she's very supportive of like Liam Neeson they're like friends I think yeah I'm not oh, really yeah. sure what their relation is I think that she, yeah she's friends with him because their kids yeah. go to school together yeah, I'm not I think sure that's, that's how they met of, yeah I think that's part um, of it um but yeah just like seeing her being supportive of Liam Neeson and knowing she has to put herself together for her kids like yeah. you said but she gives herself like a moment to fall apart and then mm-hmm. she just like pulls it together yeah that yeah. whole thing is just breaks my heart every time yeah favorite i did have a favorite line okay um it's when sam's talking to liam neeson and he's like 
let's go get the shit kicked out of us by I love. I wrote the same line. Yeah, let's get the shit kicked out of us by love. I love like, that line. True. It's great. I'm like, I feel it. I'm there. I feel it. But yeah. Yeah. That, that's our Christmas movies. That's it. Yeah. So that's our five. All right. Um, I think I'm going first. I think you are. Um, this was by far one of the hardest rankings I've ever done because we didn't have like a bad movie. And also they're all very different. Yeah. They're so all it's hard to different. compare them. So I tried. Um, yeah, I agree. None of these movies were bad. Yeah. I didn't dislike any of these I movies. I didn't dislike any of them. I thought they were all solid. Yeah. Solid Christmas movies. Okay. So number five, I ended up putting um, The Grinch. Okay. Um, basically, I think the movie is great. I do think, though, in this format, you don't understand why the Grinch is the way he is and the Whos look like the heroes. Um, And I think not having the Grinch have backstory, it gets rid of the character development. And I'm a big character development person. Yeah. So that's why I put it last, even though I do love it. For number five, I put um, Happiest Season. So I really liked this movie, and I thought it had a lot of really interesting dynamics, But I think maybe because this is the first time I've seen it, it was hard for me to compare to a lot of these things that I've seen so many times and I enjoy. Um, So I'm curious if I watch it, you know, again, like if my opinion would change. But for now, I have it at fifth. Number four, I went with The Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, I wrote that I've never given a shit about The Christmas Carol (laughs) until this film. I think it's really funny. It's charming. I think the only issue is that until this viewing, I had not seen it in so long. So yeah. it's kind of like watching it for the first time the first for time. me. Yeah. And also the fact that like I very much dislike The Christmas Carol. Um, this movie does pull it up for me, but I think it just like is hindered by the fact that I do not like the normal Christmas Carol. Um, so number four, I have Love Actually. So I, I genuinely really like this movie. I think it's really heartwarming and really emotional, but I can acknowledge that not all the storylines work and there are some elements that I don't care about. And because of that, like, even though, so I like, I mean, the scene with Emma Thompson is like one of my favorite moments of like a holiday movie, like in general, but I can recognize that there are some flaws with it. And so I have it as number four. Number three, I have Christmas Vacation. Okay. I did not think this would be the third movie on my list. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the problem is, though, that I've seen this movie so many times that it almost becomes, like, mindless watching to a certain point. Yeah. Because I didn't even fully watch the movie this year. I was able to do my notes just off the fact that I've seen it so many times. Um, But it's super funny. It's, It's relatable. It's fun. It's... Like I said, I could quote most of this movie. I think maybe it's, like, our collective family's, like, Christmas movie, just because it's one we always do watch every year. But it's never been, like, my favorite Christmas movie. But it is, like, it's very funny. Um, So number three, I have a Muppets Christmas Carol. And I agree. I think it is a really endearing, fun version of this story. I think having the Muppets works really well. Michael Caine's version of Scrooge is really, like, you can really relate to him. You can really feel for him. And it was pleasantly surprising. I, I like, I've seen this before, but it's I haven't seen it as an adult ever. And so I was very pleased with what we saw and, like, what the story was in this version. Yeah, number two, I put Happiest Season. And this one was hard because it was the first time I had watched it, but I really was, like... I really liked the cast of this movie. I thought it was funny. I thought that 
the reason I think I like this one so much is because the conflict felt real. Mm -hmm. It felt like actual conflict that, like, had stakes to it. I don't know. It's hard with a, with a movie that I've only seen once. I don't know if I'm just, like, overhyping it in my head because I wanted to like it as much as I did. Yeah. But I do think it's a solid movie. Yeah, so number two, I have The Grinch. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. We don't need that backstory. We don't need a Grinch backstory. We don't need all the details. Don't get me wrong. I love the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch. Like, love it. It's fantastic. But this version is a simple story and it doesn't have to be anything else besides that. You know, we don't need overarching plot and this backstory. This is a book made for children. It's a children's story and therefore the television special, it it can just be a simple story and still be enjoyable. Um, I think it holds up really well. I think it has the, the message of Christmas. It's just like the story about this town celebrating Christmas and this like Grinch coming and stealing it. And I think that works really well. And I, I've always really enjoyed it. So number two. All right, number one is Love Actually. Mm-hmm. And I know this is not a great movie. I know that it's not probably the best Christmas movie on this list. But like, God damn it, that, that yeah. cast is charming. Is. Um, that Emma Thompson scene is not just like one of my favorite scenes in a Christmas movie. It's oh, like one of my favorite yeah. movie scenes just in general. Yeah, it's, the it's way, powerful. The way she makes you feel things. Um, I think it just works really well, and I do care about a lot of side characters, which I normally don't. It's just, I think I was blinded by the love this year. (laughs) The love. The love. All you need is love, Hannah. Yeah. So number one, I have Christmas Vacation, and you're probably right. I'm probably blinded by the fact that I've seen this movie so many times, and it's like so ingrained with my idea of Christmas that I love it. It's, it is a comedy. It's a comedic Christmas movie, and... A lot of the comedy holds up. I can agree with you that I think the one thing that this movie doesn't have is it's not like a wholesome Christmas movie. And I have a Christmas movie that I would consider my favorite and we didn't watch it in this group. So I'll be interested to see if we include that ever in the future, where this will rank, you know, how I would rank Christmas Vacation against some other movies. But I think it holds up really well. It's, like, very ingrained with my growing up with Christmas. So for that, I felt like it needed to be at number one. All right. um, So number five, I had The Grinch. Number four, Muppets Christmas Carol. Number three, Christmas Vacation. Number two, Happiest Season. Number one, Love Actually. So I had number five, Happiest Season. Number four, Love Actually. Number three, A Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, or The Muppets Christmas Carol, number two, The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and number one, Christmas Vacation. We did not have a single movie in even remotely same order. I didn't really think we would just because it was so, so hard either. to rank. It was very hard. I feel like even next year when we, like, add on, I could probably oh, yeah. switch the order of this. Uh, they might switch around, yeah. It might yeah. happen. Um, so that is a wrap on Christmas. It's a wrap. And it's also a wrap on 2021. It is. This is our last episode of the year. Yeah, um... <laughs> so we'll we'll be back in next week with a um a year in recap episode. It's going to be a little bit different of an episode. Yeah, I think it might be a little shorter. Yeah. It might be it's just going to be whatever we want it to be. Right. Yeah. We will have a couple extra like bonus episodes as yes, well. Yes, we're going to be releasing a few things. Um you'll find about those later. Uh I'm sure we'll post some things about it on social media. 
And yeah, if you would like to contact us, we have an Instagram, we have Twitter, we have um, an email, r3podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to contact us, any suggestions, any comments, um, anything you think would improve or we could improve on going into the new year. If you have like episode ideas for next year, we have gotten some suggestions. We have, yes. Um, recently that we're going to incorporate into next year. But yeah, if you have any more you would like to see us do. If you have any suggestions for, I know it's really early in advance, but for next year's Christmas movies. Yes. That you would like us to watch. You can yeah, definitely let, let us, us know. know about that. Cheers to 2021. Cheers to 2021. And we'll be back in 2022. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition, and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's r, the number three, p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat.